sharing stories with people who create stories. Arrow.net, A-R-R-O-E dot net. All right, let's do it. Let's play it forward. These are real people, real stories, the struggle to play it forward. Episode number 486 is with Kelly Hargrave, creator of Shark Stuff. Hi, I'm doing great this morning. How are you doing? Absolutely fantastic because you have delivered a book here that is going to create a lot of OMGs because, you know, we have a fascination with sharks. My, You've given us a backstage pass or the inside sleeve of an album here. Oh, okay. gosh, that, that's awesome to say. And I really feel that way about sharks. I mean, we've really dove in. There are over 500 species of sharks. So we're really skimming the surface here of what, what we're presenting. But it's all the best stuff. We've really gone through all of this research as a team at National Geographic to bring you the coolest stuff about sharks in this book. Kelly, you put it in a language that's not just for young adults, but also older adults like myself. I mean, because I'm fascinated with this book and I'm giggling like I'm a child. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we've, we've um, put in some spreads throughout the book that are called Shark LOLs. Um, so it's just a couple of shark jokes to break up, you know, some of the information that we're giving. Even though we have, we have spreads on fun facts and we have spreads that have shark specialists, you know, that are sharing real stories about them out in the field dealing with sharks. And so between that information, we put in some fun activities and we've also put in shark jokes so that kids can kind of have fun with each other and say jokes with each other, say jokes with your parents, make it a family affair. Now, we got to talk about this oxymoron of a shark, and that's the one, the salmon shark. Really? A salmon shark? What, what, what gives here? A salmon shark. Yes, yeah, it's one of the very obscure sharks, you know, that we have. And actually, we do have a we do have a salmon joke in the book. Can I say it? Knock, knock. Who's there? Salmon. Salmon who? Can salmon give me directions? I'm lost. Oh, God. <laughs> well, salmon, I know, it's silly, it's silly. <laughs> salmon sharks are just one of the very few sharks that we have in here. Um, you know, salmon sharks. Poor beagle sharks, the mako fin shark. Um, we really have a lot of different things in here. Um, 500 species of sharks, you know. So um, salmon shark is just one of the very few sharks that's in here. One of the things that, that, because I'm so fascinated with the number of sharks that, that really are in this world. Like you said, we're still discovering them. I have to wonder, uh, do, do sharks, are they biased? Do they see another shark and go, eh, you're one of them? Um, actually, you know, there are sharks that feed on other sharks. So the what? great white and the hammerhead. Yes, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> but, you know, with, with so many sharks in the ocean, they really run the gamut in size. So a great white and a hammerhead shark will eat smaller sharks. Now, there are small sharks um, that are as small as the dwarf lantern shark, which is the smallest shark. And that can be the size of, like, a number two pencil or even, like, take a little nap in your hand. You know, this thing is very small. But it's also one of the coolest sharks, which is what we want to bring to light. There are so many different types of sharks, even the coolest ones have really cool features. The dwarf lantern shark has um, have spots on their tummy that light up. So ah. that can actually help with camouflage. <laughs> I know, they light up. It's really cool. That's why they're called the dwarf lantern shark. So the small shark will light up its stomach to attract prey because prey will think that, oh, those little lights look like food and the shark out of nowhere, you know, there's the shark and it eats its prey. Um, so it uses it to attract prey, but it also can use it as camouflage as well. Wow. So we're trying to kind of put those types of things out there as well. You know, there are small sharks that are just as cool as some of these really big sharks. I was I was shark, uh, shocked to read about the, the snout of a shark and the, how it has pores and they can sense electrical currents from their nose. 
oh my gosh, yes, it's so neat, you know, and then some of them, you know, like the hammerheads, it's even more amplified, you know, mm. there's something like the, um, the bonnet head shark actually has this really unique feature, well, it will extract this fluid from their brain that they can use to communicate to other bonnet heads in the area. And then others use those senses in their, in their nose and on their head to be able to scan the bottom of the ocean floor and some of them can actually possibly sense animals that are hiding beneath the sand, mm. um, which is cool. So they can they can find things that are hiding and and eat them as prey. Um, so yes, their snouts are really amazing things. And one cool thing about sharks is actually they don't use their nostrils um, to breathe. They only use them to smell, which also creates a funny feature that sharks actually can't sneeze. You know, we sneeze to get things out of our body when they're irritated. Right. So when sharks if sharks can't sneeze, they're just shaking their head all over the place just trying to get things out. So lots of cool things about sharks' noses, but also one of their most powerful senses, of course. <laughs> you, you talked about fluids from the shark. I, 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 that took me right to the, the shark's liver. They have an oil in there that's lighter than water. What is that oil used for? Well, it helps them with buoyancy, you know, oh. um, since, since uh, yes, yes, it helps them float along with their cartilage. So, so sharks actually don't have bones. They are made of cartilage, which is much lighter, which also helps with buoyancy. So between the liver and the cartilage, that creates this perfect little balance where they can float a little bit easier through the water and regulate their swimming. And of course, we all know that sharks, a lot of sharks out there are super, super fast swimmers, which is amazing. The mako fin shark is actually the fastest shark in the ocean, and it can go up to at least 45 miles per hour um, we're talking, um, which is pretty darn fast into the water. I mean, I think about myself trying to swim through water and I could, you know, I can barely get through it. So to think <laughs> that something can move through the water that quickly is pretty amazing. Wow. I'll tell you what, I, I wish when I was a child, I would have learned about the Wobegon shark because I mean, I mean, that, that that's a fascinating little creation there. Oh my gosh, yes, I love that shark. It's the coolest thing. The tassel of Wabagon is actually, um, it looks like a rug. And so yes. it's kind of like lays on the bottom of the ocean. And it has these cool little spots that makes it camouflage against against the bottom of the ocean. So when unsuspecting prey kind of swim, swim above it, it just pounces. It jumps up from the ocean floor and it eats it. And, I, and they also have really cool teeth. They have flatter teeth than some other sharks. And so when they get prey, they'll sometimes hold onto the prey for days until it dies. It will just hold it, snap down on its on, on the prey and hold it for days, which is just incredible. Oh my God. Talk about some perseverance for food. <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, I'm very fascinated with, with, with man being back up in space and stuff like that, but there's just so much undiscovered inside the waters of this planet. And this book right here is proving how, how uneducated we are, but, but, but National Geographic's is really opening up that door. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just just flipping through this book and seeing all of the crazy pictures of all of the different types of sharks is just amazing. I don't know if you got to peek at the goblin shark um, or the frilled shark. These things will give you nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) They're also the coolest things and some of the ones that we very, very seldom come across because they live deep, deep, deep in the ocean. And so the frilled shark, I believe hasn't been spotted many times, very few times. So we know very, we don't know a lot about it, but it also, it just looks like a very, it looks like something out of a supernatural movie. You know, it swims like an eel and it has, you know, rows and rows and rows of teeth. I think it has 25 rows of teeth and the teeth also face 
backwards. What? So that way, when prey gets in, there's no out. way that they can get out because they're punctured. Yeah, they're punctured wow. by the heat. So, um, yeah, they're really cool creatures. Really, really cool. So just you know, all sorts of sharks that you probably didn't even know exist. They're pictured in here, and they're also the coolest facts about the coolest features about them. And that's what the the neat thing about sharks is like. There's so many, and each of them has something really neat to offer. Well, how about the horn shark? That's the only one that could that could appear inside an orchestra, you say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it also is one of the very few, if not the only, uh, venomous shark. So it does really? have, it can have some venom in that shark, yes, and it will poke um, as self-defense. It will, it will um, poke other predators um, because it is a little bit of a smaller shark. So it uses that horn for protection, for sure. So when you release these books, do you sit down and have focus groups and stuff like that? Because I would love to see the eyes of a child as well as an, as, as, well as an adult. So when you, when you read about the spinner shark and stuff like that, because you know that as the creators of a book like this, you're affecting human lives. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, you know, National Geographic has been along for been around for so long, and we just kind of, you know, we're so good about understanding now what really is going to attract kids and what's the safe thing to tell them um, and what's really going to pique their interest. So I think just the, you know, from from the writers, you know, I wrote this book with another with another writer, um, to the editors, to the fact checkers, to the copywriters, to the photographers, you know, um, it goes all the way up the chain. So all of us are working together and there are occasionally focus groups, um, you know, that work with kids and getting their reactions, which is really fun. Um, <laughs> but even, you know, even me going through this book, I still, get, I'm still in awe, you know, I'm just so proud of what, you know, what everyone has come together to create and just so in awe of the world that we live in just, just through this one animal. Wow. Um, I think it's pretty mind blowing. Kelly, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Oh, gosh, I really appreciate that. I really enjoyed my time. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Okay, great. Thank you so much. Have a great day.